America spends five to ten times more on health care than any other country in the world. Then why does America rank number 43 worldwide for longevity? Third world countries such as Cuba and Costa Rica rank higher than the U.S. So what's wrong with health care in America? This is what's wrong. Our $3 trillion healthcare industry is focused on disease management, while 70% of our planet relies on traditional indigenous medicine that is focused on health optimization. Learn how. Join Dr. Dan Royal on the show, The Royal Treatment, bringing you the latest information on the best of medicine, biotechnology, and pharmacology, as well as secrets from the past. These secrets have withstood the test of time and are being rediscovered today. In fact, indigenous healthcare practitioners are using them for the benefit of their patients who seek optimal health and wellness. Now, here is Dr. Dan Royal. Greetings, listeners. I am Dr. Dan Royal, R-O-Y-A-L, just like it sounds, royal blue, my favorite color. And I am here again with another episode of The Royal Treatment. Thank you for joining us today. We have lots to talk about, as always, because, well, health is always an issue and is now more in the forefront today than ever before. If you have a question, you can always reach me. You can email me at thbclinics, thbclinics at gmail.com. That's because I work at the THB Clinic, Turtle Healing Band Clinic here in Las Vegas, Nevada. But that email is plural. So THB Clinics with an S. You can also call us here at 702-562-1454. That's 702-562-1454. And we will answer your questions either uh, on the air or off the air. The questions do get answered. We'd like to thank our sponsors. Of course, the Turtle Healing Band Clinic is one of our sponsors, and you can find us on the Internet at TurtleHealingBandClinic.com. And you can also find the First Nation Medical Board.com on the Internet. First Nation Medical Board is one of our sponsors. Interestingly, we are working on a project with First Nation Medical Board. You may be familiar with A4M, the American Academy of anti Aging. They're the largest alternative medical organization in the world in over 120 countries. And we have a liaison with the country of China. The country of China is apparently interested in having its doctors trained to learn more about anti-aging protocols and products. And the president has given the Chinese physicians the permission to establish a medical business. Now, traditionally, they work for the government, so this isn't something for which they have a lot of experience. So the A4M China group is working on coordinating training for these Chinese physicians and treatment of Chinese patients, either in China or the United States, who want access to America's anti-aging products and protocols. But What's interesting is all the physicians who will be participating in the program must be licensed with the First Nation Medical Board. First Nation Medical Board is on the jurisdiction of the Crow tribe of Indians, and it regulates the practice of traditional medicine throughout the entire country. Something to keep in mind, we talk about it from time to time, but it's very important because physicians such as myself need protection when they're practicing medical alternatives because we're trained in conventional medicine and the things we learn about health orientation is what we get educated on outside of medical school and for which we need dual licensure. That means I'm licensed to practice both osteopathic medicine and traditional medicine because I have two different licenses for that purpose, which give me two different jurisdictions should the event arise where there may be a complaint and we would like that complaint heard by the proper authority that has the, the training education experience to make the judgment for that type of treatment. Anyway, I thought you might find that of interest. We will be reviewing obituaries today and we have a long list of international notables who have passed away from diseases they shouldn't have had just this last week. We're going to be talking about the vaccinations that people are proposing for the current coronavirus. 
There's an interesting study on blood pressure we want to take a look at. And finally, we will get to Nagalase. I want to share some more information about that very powerful, very interesting product. And at the conclusion, we hope to summarize all this as to an opinion discussion about what we can do to deal with panic that so many people may be experiencing with the current lockdown due to the coronavirus, be it real or imagined. We'll be talking about that as throughout the program. But first, let's get started with the obituaries. Now, we're looking at international celebrities who died just this last week, too soon from diseases they shouldn't have had. Keeping in mind, the average life expectancy here in the United States is 78.7 years of age. That's as of the 2018 statistics. And that means a woman should be living to be about 81 and a man to be about 76. First, we have Sethuraman, Indian actor and dermatologist. He died at 36 years of age from a massive cardiac arrest. Now, you're going to be hearing about a lot of people today who have allegedly died from COVID-19, but people do die from other causes as well. Stephen Dick, Scottish diplomat, deputy British ambassador to Hungary, died at 37 years of age from COVID-19. Now, one of the things we need to keep in mind is how that is being diagnosed. Really, the only way to accurately diagnose COVID-19, the virulent strain of coronavirus, is with PCR RNA by quant test, and that's not something you can do through a drive through There are ELISA Act tests available. These are kits that are being promoted by some states. For example, the state of Utah Epidemiology Department is promoting this particular test. But the reality is it is not specific for the virulent strain called COVID-19. In other words, they're looking for an RNA virus, but there are seven strains of the coronavirus. Now, three of those are virulent and four are not. Two of the virulent strains are really not even in the mix for discussion. One is the Middle Eastern virus, and the other is the SARS virus, SARS type 1, because COVID-19 is really SARS type 2. And the other four strains are, well, they are benign. You have two alpha strains and two beta strains, and many people have these as part of their normal flora, and what do they cause? Common colds and flus, if your immune system is compromised. Well, let's carry on. We have Connor Connolly, Irish Gaelic soccer player. He died suddenly at 44 years of age from sudden death syndrome, of course. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. We'll continue our discussion about obituaries when we return. Stay with us. Did you know that stem cells are present in all of us, just waiting for an opportunity to regenerate your organs and other body tissues? Studies show that your own stem cells are released into the bloodstream following a trauma. However, a plant-based supplement called RBC Blend has been found to increase stem cells in your blood without trauma. Order your RBC Blend by calling 702-444-LUCKY. One study showed that participants who used RBC Blend increased stem cells in their blood by over 100% after only two weeks. Increase your stem cells with RBC Blend by calling 702-444-LUCKY. Stem cells are the ultimate anti-aging treatment. For example, they can be used to improve facial appearance, skin tone, and hair growth. Stem cells can also help with muscle aches and joint pains. Increase your stem cells with RBC Blend by calling 702-444-5825. Could RBC Blend be what you need to achieve optimal health and wellness? Find out today and order RBC Blend by calling 702-444-LUCKY. That number again is 702-444-5825. I spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me, your handy chains dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. One in three adults in America have pre-diabetes, but most don't know it. To let people know it can be reversed before it becomes type 2 diabetes, professional basketball player Julius Randle is doing everything in reverse. I'm only dunking with reverse windmills. I drove the whole way to practice in reverse. 
I don't recommend it. This move's called the reverse shuffle. I do recommend it. And it took me months to learn how to speak in reverse, like this. <clears throat> Here's 10 almost for diabetes type 2 with living Ben has my mind. In other words, my mom has been living with type 2 diabetes for almost 10 years. So together, we want to say to the 84 million Americans at risk, exercise and healthy eating can help reverse prediabetes. Start by taking a simple one-minute risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. <laughs> Bet he can't say that in reverse. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ. A Lotus Broadcast Station. The power of radio since 1967. Unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now back to the show. We are back to the show, my friends. And if you don't know, you are listening to the Royal Treatment. The Royal Treatment is brought to you every week here with America Matters Media by me, Dr. Dan Royal. I'm your host. And we talk about medical issues that matter, of course. Our purpose in having this show is to educate you, the listener, by empowering you with information you can use to make better informed healthcare decisions. Many people want to know how they can protect themselves from the coronavirus, and the real key is to be healthy. Now, there are many things that can make you unhealthy, and some of these things can be subclinical, meaning you're not aware of them. There are things that you do to compromise your health, and there are things you can do to benefit your health, and we'll talk about that a little later in the program, but for now, we want to continue our discussion on the obituaries, reviewing people who died this last week, too young from diseases they shouldn't have had, at least according to the United States standards for life expectancy. Carrying on, we have Isaac Robinson, American member of the Michigan House of Representatives. He died at 44 years of age from COVID-19. Now, again, that's what's being reported. We don't know if the test used to make that diagnosis was specific or nonspecific. So now we have people dying from the flu, and of course, it's called COVID-19. We are just coming out of the peak flu season, which is February, followed by March. So please keep that in mind. Martin Tudor, Romanian soccer player and manager, died at 43 years of age from a heart attack. Matthew Faber, American actor, was found dead in his apartment at 47 years of age from natural causes. Don't know what those natural causes were, but he's fortunate that somebody found them. I believe he may have died suddenly, was perhaps even in his chair at the time he was found. Jesus Gayoso Rey, Spanish Civil Guard Lieutenant Colonel, died at 48 years of age from COVID-19. Now, this is not to say that the virulent strain does not exist. There is a virulent strain, of course, and it seems to be more endemic in China, Italy, and Iran, as well as Spain, but less endemic here in the United States. And of course, it all comes down to what strain are they really diagnosing when they are running the test and how are they running that test? That does make a difference. John DiBrito, American professional soccer player, died at 51 years of age. I include that because here we have a professional athlete who's dead at 51, no cause of death given, but it was not an accident. Lorena Borjas, a Mexican-American transgender rights activist, died at 59 years of age from COVID-19. Maria Mercader, American news producer for CBS, died at 54 years of age from COVID-19. And again, we can't distinguish whether it's a virulent strain or simply a flu-causing strain because this is the flu season. Iman Soroso, Indonesian House of Representatives member, died at 56 years of age while under surveillance for... COVID-19. Bill Rieflin, American rock drummer, died at 59 years of age from cancer. Floyd Cardo is an Indian-American chef, died at 59 years of age from COVID-19. Orlando McDaniel, NFL football player for the Denver Broncos, died at 59 years of age from COVID-19. Joe Amoruso, Italian pianist, died at 60 years of age due to complications from a cerebral hemorrhage. That's a stroke. Jamal Ibrahim, Sudanese politician and minister of defense, died at 60 years of age from a heart attack. Ginny Polanco, 
Dominican fashion designer and beauty pageant winner that is 61 years of age from COVID-19, or one a strain thereof, Angelo Rotoli, Italian professional boxer that is 61 years of age from COVID-19, Terry Tausch, American NFL professional football player, died suddenly at 61 years of age. Now, that means that he had no parasympathetic tone. Again, that can be easily tested by doing a heart rate variability test. Those tests take about five minutes. They're non-invasive. It can be done in the office of your doctor, but cardiologists don't do them. We can do those here in the Turtle Healing Bank Clinic, and they can be quite helpful as heart rate variability can be used as a means of evaluating whether whatever treatment you're doing is improving your health. Because if it is, sympathetic tone should be increasing and I'm sorry, parasympathetic tone should be increasing and sympathetic tone should be decreasing. Joe Dipple, American country singer-songwriter, dead at 61 years of age from COVID-19. William Durfus, Dufus, American voice actor, died at 62 years of age from cancer. Maurice Berger, an American cultural historian, curator, and art critic, died at 63 years of age from COVID-19. Naomi Munakata, Japanese-Brazilian conductor, died at 64 years of age from COVID-19. John Callahan, American actor, died at 66 years of age from a stroke. Angelo Moreschi, Italian Roman Catholic prelate, apostolic vicar of Gambella, died at 67 years of age from COVID-19. Now, some of these people go in the hospital, by the way, with comorbid conditions. And as we've talked about in the show previously, they become exposed to the coronavirus and now they have a concomitant disease. So it's hard to say what they really died of, but that's probably not the place where you want to be if you're trying to avoid catching the COVID-19 or virulent strain of coronavirus known as SARS type 2. Mingi Corabias, Filipino actor, that is 68 years of age from cardiac arrest. Dr. Lotha, Indian politician and physician, that is 68 years of age after a brief illness. Jajin Jacques, Rasa Fendranese, Madagascar-born French doctor, died at 68 years of age from COVID-19. Alan Merrill, American musician and songwriter, died at 69 years of age from COVID-19. Mark Blum, American actor, died at 69 years of age from COVID-19. And the list goes on. Kirsten Berendis, Swedish radio presenter, died at 69 years of age from COVID-19. Rodolfo Risotto, a Uruguayan historian and politician that is 70 years of age from COVID-19. This seems to be the diagnosis du jour. Ken Shimura, Japanese comedian that is 70 years of age from COVID-19. John O'Leary, Irish golfer and executive for PGA European Tour that is 70 years of age after a long illness. Michael Sorkin, American architect that is 71 years of age from COVID-19. Chato Galante. Spanish pro-democracy activist, a former political prisoner at 71 years of age from COVID-19. David Hodgkiss, British cricket chairman at 71 years of age from COVID-19. Milutin Knezovic, Serbian Orthodox prelate, bishop of Australia and New Zealand at 71 years of age from COVID-19. Tom Coburn, an American member of the United States Senate House of Representatives at 72 years of age from prostate cancer. People still dying from cancer and heart disease, it appears. Alan Finder, American journalist for the New York Times, dead at 72 years of age from COVID-19. Daniel Azule, Brazilian comic book artist and cartoonist, dead at 72 years of age from COVID-19. Jose Capone, Spanish soccer player, died for the national team, dead at 72 years of age from COVID-19. And here we have Juan Padron, Cuban comics artist and animator, dead at 73 years of age from lung disease. James Goodrick, American neurosurgeon, died at 73 years of age from COVID-19. Joe Baltake, American film critic, died at 74 years of age from multiple myeloma. That's a cancer of the bone marrow. Farzane Taidi, Iranian actress, died at 74 years of age after a five-year illness, probably cancer. Borja Domexoli, Spanish businessman and fighting bull cattle rancher, died at 75 years of age from COVID-19. Marianne Black, American member of the North Carolina House of Representatives, died at 76 years of age from cancer. Bob Andy, Jamaican reggae singer, died, songwriter and actor, died at 75 years of age after ailing for some time, no cause of death given. Patrick DeVejan, a French politician and mayor of Antony, died at 75 years of age from COVID-19. Adilo Bignasca, Swiss politician, died at 76 years of age after being seriously ill for several months.
John Hasselden, English soccer player, died at 76 years of age from complications of dementia. Robert Garf, American businessman, speaker of the Utah House of Representatives, died at 77 years of age from COVID-19. Jim Lambright, American football coach for Washington Huskies, died at 77 years of age from dementia. Woody Weidenhofer, American NFL football coach, died at 77 years of age from a stroke. Les Hunter, American professional basketball player, died at 77 years of age from cancer. Well, now we're starting to see the number one and two causes of death show up. Hamish Wilson, Scottish actor and radio producer, died at 77 years of age from COVID-19. Jack Hinn, American volleyball player and coach for San Diego State, died at 79 years of age from cancer. Myrna Doris, Italian singer, died at 79 years of age from cancer. And finally, Terrace McNally, American playwright and screenwriter, died at 81 years of age from COVID-19. Well, there you have it. Now, we mentioned a little earlier that there are things you can do to improve your immune system. I get this question from patients all the time, but people don't want to believe that the simple things actually work. When I say simple things, you can take things such as vitamin C. We use vitamin C plus. It is actually combined with the very potent form of antioxidant we've talked about on this program, which enhances its absorption. It's called Oligopin French Maritime Bind Park. What that means is you can take vitamin C. Now, in this case, it's a 500 milligram capsule, but you have a higher rate of absorption if you're just taking vitamin C by itself. Vitamin C works better with bioflavonoids. We also have olive power. You can take olive leaf to improve your immune function. You can take colostrum. We have the original colostrum powder that was developed and used over the New Zealand studies. All these things help with the immune function as well as good nutrition, adequate sleep, exercise, and a general good attitude. But there are some things that can actually lower your immunity. Some of those are drugs. If you are a drug taker, now keep in mind, the United States of America is the number one consumption of prescription drugs and is the number one user of vaccinations. Both of these things can actually lower your immune function. We're going to talk about that a little later in the program, about vaccinations in particular, because that seems to be the hot topic as it's all being fast-tracked so that we can get vaccinated for the coronavirus. And we'll be talking about that in more detail after the break. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Would you like to increase your vitality? Disease develops within your body when the metabolic vitality of your cells is altered. Well, now there is a patented device that improves cell metabolism called Cell Vital. Cell Vital has been used for years by successful athletes to prepare for competition and improve performance. This is because Cell Vital increases blood and oxygen to your cells. Call 702-444-LUCKY and order your Cell Vital today. Cell Vital can help with cell regeneration after an activity by reducing stress, as well as be used for treating bruises, sprains, and muscle aches and pains. Cell Vital has also been shown to be beneficial for digestion, PMS, and smoking cessation. Get lucky with your healthy call, 702-444-5825. Accessories are available to help with specific body parts, such as the eyes, ears, and teeth. Animals, too, can benefit from cell vitamin for bone, joint, and circulation disorders. Call 702-444-LUCKY and get a free quote for your cell vital. That number again is 702-444-5825. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. You wanted to see me? Yes, please, have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team. But 
I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. We want to hire you. You're, you're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ. A Lotus Broadcast Station. The power of radio since 1967. To join the conversation, call 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Now, back to the show. We are back to the show. I'm Dr. Dan Royal, and you are listening to The Royal Treatment. Remember, if you would like to reach us, you can always contact me directly by emailing thbclinics, thbclinics, which is C-L-I-N-I-C-S, at gmail.com. Or call us here at the Turtle Healing Band Clinic. At number is 702-562-1454. THB Clinic, 702-562-1454 here in Las Vegas. We're actually right across the street from Desert Springs Hospitals. We're about two miles north of the airport. We're about two miles east of the Strip. Now, when people want to be tested for the coronavirus, we can simply send them across the street to the hospital to get that done. So before the break, we were talking about some of the things that can be done to protect yourselves with immunity and some of the things that maybe should be avoided. We want to continue that discussion because a lot of people are talking about taking a drug, hydroxychloroquine also known as a Rallin. Now, that drug is used for patients that have certain conditions, such as lupus. Lupus, that's an autoimmune condition. It's not a drug that's meant to be taken lightly. It's certainly not something that should be taken for prevention. There is a drug that we use for malaria prevention we give to our patients who are traveling abroad, and that is an antibiotic called doxycycline. You can take doxycycline about a week or so before you travel to a malaria infested area. You continue taking it while you're there and finish it about a week later after you return to the United States. Perfectly safe. You could take that antibiotic for long term. We use it for such things as acne. So it's a very simple, well-tolerated tetracycline type medication. But the thing that makes hydroxychloroquine interesting is it is able to insert zinc or allow for the insertion of zinc into the virus, which then kills it. Now, this raises the question, how about just taking zinc? Well, that's certainly possible. Zinc is an immune-supportive agent. Many people also say that even increasing your vitamin D. Now, of course, you don't want to overdose. Please don't do that. But as long as you have adequate vitamin D, you should also have a relatively healthy immune function. But let's take a look at hydroxy. Chloroquine. What are some of the side effects that you might be risking when you take this drug? You don't have the virus. You want to take it as a preventive. When I just said you could take such natural things as vitamin C plus, olive power, colostrum. But let's say you've chosen to take hydroxychloroquine. Whereas there are no side effects with the natural products that I just mentioned, there are side effects with drugs. That is what makes them pharmaceutical prescriptions. Let's take a look. Side effects include deafness. You want to lose your hearing? You can do that with hydroxychloroquine. You can have skeletal muscle myopathy or neuromyopathy leading to progressive weakness and atrophy. That is, your muscles can become weak and shriveled. You can have autoimmune reactions to the drug itself. You can have what's called a Stevens-Johnson syndrome. You can have toxic Epidermal necrolysis, that's where your skin uh, falls off due to the reaction. You can have aplastic anemia. That's where your body, sh your body shuts down the production of your bone marrow of red blood cells. You can also have neutropenia, which is a reduction in your white blood cell count. Now, 
I thought you were taking this drug to increase your immune protection. Well, apparently, you can have just the opposite. You can also have seizures, neurological symptoms, such as psychosis, hallucinations, personality changes, and depression. Of course, we all want that. And finally, you can have cardiac symptoms, such as cardiomyopathy, which is a weakening of the cardiac muscle. Those are just some of the side effects I mentioned that are associated with hydroxychloroquine, the medicine that everybody is talking about as a treatment of the coronavirus. And it's only one of many things, of course, that can be done. The best treatment is to be forewarned and forearmed. We call that prevention. Stay healthy. Now, we mentioned on the program not too long ago, we had a patient who had immune suppression. He had a total lymphocytic white blood cell count of 810. When you look at your CBC, if you get it with the differential, you should be able to look at your white blood cell count, multiply that by the lymphocytic percentage. That gives you your total lymphocytic count. It should be greater than 1,200. So, for example, let's say you're an HIV patient and you have dropped below 1,200 cells. I'm talking about lymphocytic white blood cells. Now you're starting to develop some of the some of the criteria for diagnosing AIDS. Well, in this particular patient, we gave him a treatment with a pulsing electromagnetic field. The pulsing electromagnetic field was combined with a plasma field or a photon sound beam. That was the only treatment the patient had. He did not receive any supplements. He continued to live his life as usual. Now, what caused his immune suppression? Well, in his case, he's not taking any medications and he wasn't vaccinated for the flu, he simply had stress. When he returned to the clinic, well, I should step back a minute and say, when he got his treatment in the office, it was so relaxing, he fell asleep. So obviously, it was helpful for him, perhaps helped to restore his autonomic nervous system balance by increasing his parasympathetic tone. When he returned, we checked his blood again, and guess what? He was no longer immune compromised. Even just that one treatment had caused his cells to practically double. They were now over 1,500 total lymphocytic white blood cells. So helping your immune system become healthy can be actually quite simple. The pulsing electromagnetic field is interesting because you might like to know that the hospital association in the country of Italy, now I'm talking about specifically the city of Milan, recently fast-tracked a study to use electromagnetic field technology for the treatment of COVID-19 patients in the hospitals. Why did they do this? Well, they did this based on a 2018 study where it showed that the use of a pulsing electromagnetic field was found to be effective in improving the lung function or capacity of COPD patients. These are chronic obstructive pulmonary disease patients. It did this by strengthening the muscles, which are needed, of course, for breathing. But we also know that pulsing electromagnetic field can help reduce inflammation. And it can also help with infections. In fact, studies in the past have shown that the pulsing electromagnetic field has been successful in treating such things as hepatitis, Lyme disease, and herpes. It can manifest as cold sores or shingles. These are just some of the things that can be done to improve your immune system. And, of course, some of the things that should be avoided is taking drugs that have more side effects. Certainly, you don't want to end up in the hospital on a respirator. Now, everybody's running around trying to find respirators as if they're going to save you should you come down with COVID-19. But here's a statistic you need to know. First of all, if you go into the hospital and you need a respirator, they're going to intubate you first. Then if you need to go in a respirator along with multiple other patients, eventually someone's going to have to make a decision as to who lives and dies. You don't want to be a statistic of that decision. But the bottom line is, how many patients are actually being saved with these respirators? The answer, very few. The survival rate is 15%. What that means is those people who have COVID-19 and are on respirators, their chance of dying is 85%. So, my friends, be forewarned and be forearmed and be healthy. Invest in your health every single day. That's what we preach on this program. Do not take your health for granted. And also make sure you're doing things to detox every day. That 
can be done in a myriad of ways we've talked about from time to time, such as exercising. Sweat is one way to do it. Drinking adequate fluids, particularly water, to help flush out poisons through your body. You can do coffee treatments. This helps to also hydrate the body to stimulate liver detoxification and cleanse your colon. And this can be done through colonics as well. These are just some suggestions. Well, before we carry on with this discussion, I do want to talk about a couple of other things. Blood pressure, for example. Blood pressure. There was a study that showed that blood pressure has been associated with the risk of dementia. To investigate the association between visit-to-visit variability in blood pressure and the incidence of dementia and its subtypes in the general population, a study was conducted, or I should say a retrospective study, using the Korean National Health Insurance System database. Approximately 7,844,814 subjects were identified without a history of dementia who underwent three health examinations between the years of 2005-2012. The blood pressure variability was measured using the variability independent of the mean of the systolic-diastolic pressures. Now, the median follow-up of these patients was 6.2 years, and there were two 100,574 cases of dementia, 165,112 cases of Alzheimer's disease, and 27,443 cases of vascular dementia. There was a linear association between higher blood pressure values and outcome measures. Consistent results were noted for Alzheimer's disease and vascular dementia. Using other indices of variability and in various sensitivity and subgroup types, blood pressure variability is an independent predictor for developing dementia and its subtypes. A dose-response relationship was noted between higher blood pressure variability and dementia incidence. Reducing blood pressure variability may be a target for preventing dementia in the general population. And we say blood pressure variability. We're talking about the fact that it varies uh, widely between visits. The information that I give my patients when they're checking their blood pressure is to make sure if you want to get accurate information, you check your blood pressure at the same time of day, saying, position so that you can make accurate comparisons. And then you take the average of those because your blood pressure is going to be changing throughout the day. The best time to probably check your blood pressure is first day in the morning. When you lie down at night, many people are taking medications, but guess what? That's when your blood pressure is lowest and you need it the least. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. We're going to continue our discussion after the break. Please stay with us. After forming all the organs and body components necessary for human life, stem cells disappear, right? No! Stem cells are present in all of us just waiting for an opportunity to regenerate organs, joints, ligaments, muscles, and other body tissues they originally formed. Dr. Dan Royal has developed a unique patent-pending process for obtaining stem cells from your own blood. Stem cells can be concentrated, prepared, and delivered to areas where you need them most to repair old, damaged, and dying cells. Can your own stem cells help rejuvenate your body? To find out, call Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. Your own naturally occurring stem cells are the ultimate anti-aging treatment. They can be used to improve facial appearance and hair growth, as well as for aches, pains, and other conditions. Could your own stem cells help you achieve optimal health and wellness? Find out by calling Dr. Royal at 702-562-1454. Don't wait. Call today. That number again is 702-562-1454. So here's the choice. Some people say the USA is finished. It's evil, a has-been, full of hate and injustice. The U.S. Constitution should be trashed and the Bill of Rights abolished. No free speech, no gun ownership. Competition and free markets are bad. We're all too stupid. For our own good, the government must own everything and know all your secrets. Other people say that America has created the freest, richest, happiest, most generous society that has ever existed in the world. That's why millions of people are desperate to come here and escape their brutal lives in Cuba, Venezuela, North Korea, and 100 other countries. In America, we have the right to succeed, the right to our own living, the right to have a family, the right to believe in God, the right to have our own ideas, the right to be safe and secure, and the right to be left alone. Where do you stand? Help us save the Constitution and restore the American dream. Go to SaveMyFreedom.com. Brought to you by the American Media Council. Rich is just a really, really, really good guy. The term good egg isn't enough to describe him. He's also certified organic. 
and free range. Rich puts the cap back on everything. The toothpaste, the olive oil, the shampoo, everything. He lets his 10-year-old nephew beat him at virtual tennis, even though he can straight-up slay his 10-year-old nephew in virtual tennis. When the toilet paper is running low, Rich replaces the roll on the actual holder, not just on the back of the toilet. Rich is texting and driving. Rich? No. What are you doing, Rich? I was just telling everyone how great you are. Texting and driving? makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You're invited to join Business Connections with Anita every Wednesday from 10 to 11 a.m. here on 1180 a.m. KCKQ America Matters. Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775 775- 237-2266. Now back to the show. Back to the show, my friends, and thank you for sticking with us. We're now in the fourth quarter of the Royal Treatment. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. I'm here every week to answer your health questions and provide you with information that hopefully empowers you to make better informed healthcare decisions. Feel free to email me at thbclinics at gmail.com or call 702-562-1455. Well, I do want to finish a discussion we started a couple of weeks ago about natokinase. It's a very important supplement. And then we'll finish by talking a little bit about vaccinations, particularly vaccinations for the coronavirus. The reason I want to talk about natokinase is we had a patient recently who had an elevated CRP. It's a C-reactive protein. It is a general marker of inflammation, but his was quite highly elevated. And... We were working to get it down. Well, finally, within the last month, the patient's CRP was normal. For the first time I've been seeing him in the past couple of years, the difference was, we believe, he added natokinase to his supplement regimen. Natokinase, as we've talked about before, is an even more effective anticoagulant than prescription drugs because it has a dual function. It does not just improve viscosity or thickness of the blood. It also helps to dissolve clots or excessive proteins that may be in the blood that could result in clot formation. You don't get this from prescription blood thinners. They do not dissolve clots. They simply thin your blood. And hopefully over time, your body does that on its own, but not because of your medications. So let's talk about natokinase in a little more detail. A human clinical study with healthy individuals and those with cardiovascular disease showed that oral administration of natokinase could be considered as a cardiovascular disease nutraceutical by decreasing plasma levels of fibrinogen, factor 7 and factor 8. Another study which analyzed serapeptase natokinase on animals concluded that both would have an effective role in modulating certain factors characterizing Alzheimer's disease. Thus, these enzymes may have a therapeutic application in the treatment of Alzheimer's. This can also be done with serapeptase. It's an enzyme produced by the caterpillar to emerge from the chrysalis before it becomes a cocoon. Serapeptase dissolves a dead material. So this would be a good combination, serapeptase and natokinase, also an enzyme. Natokinase was promised for chronic nasal and sinus inflammation. Dr. Michael Murray, a best-selling author and naturopathic physician, wrote, The results showed that natokinase effectively shrinks the nasal polyp tissue through fibrin degradation. Researchers also found that the viscosity of the nasal discharge in sputum from patients with sinus congestion and asthma, respectively, was significantly reduced by incubation with natokinase solution. The authors concluded that natokinase may be an effective therapeutic option in patients with chronic rhinitis, sinusitis, and asthma by causing the breakdown of fibrin. Dr. Murray further explained one of the most important features of the nasal passages, sinuses, and healthy airways is the elasticity and fluidity of the respiratory tract secretions. If the mucus is too thick and viscous, it creates a scenario that fosters inflammation, blocked airways, polyp formation, and difficulty in breathing. 
What the study highlighted above indicates that natural kindness can improve these secretions and, as a result, reduce inflammation of the airways, reduce polyp formation, and promote easier breathing. This effect is similar to other enzymes, such as bromelain and serpeptidase, and indicates that natokinase is a strong consideration in conditions beyond chronic rhinitis, sinitis, such as chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or COPD, bronchitis, and sinusitis. Well, that was an unexpected result regarding natokinase. Another study confirmed Dr. Holwer's observations on natokinase's ability to lower blood pressure, which we just talked about. Lowering blood pressure in a North American non-Asian population confirming that natokinase works just as well outside of its cultural heritage. In a human study involving 79 patients with high blood pressure, researchers explained that natokinase lowered diastolic and systolic blood pressure levels in patients. Curiously, men receive more benefit than women, but in a women or the women, a significant risk factor of stroke was reduced called the von Willebrandt factor. Researchers wrote, this is important since previous studies were conducted in Asia where different genetic, dietary, and lifestyle factors contribute to hypertension and potentially affect which treatment strategies may help reduce hypertension and associated biomarkers. Well, we just talked about blood pressure and how it's associated with Alzheimer's disease, dementia, vascular dementia, and guess what? Natokinase can help. Well, one of the things that we want to talk about is vaccinations. Scientists at the National Institutes of Health are working with a biotech company to quickly start clinical trials of an experimental messenger RNA vaccine. Remember, RNA diseases are specific to animals. They do not occur naturally in humans, and they want to fast-track this vaccine to licensure. The FDA has not yet licensed messenger RNA vaccines that use part of the RNA of a virus to manipulate the body's immune system into stimulating a potent immune response. Keep in mind, some of the people are saying that the coronavirus can last for days. When they're testing, they're looking for RNA. RNA can live. It's like finding the skeleton of a dead animal. It doesn't mean the animal's alive, but the traces of the animal are still there, like forensic evidence. It does not mean that the virus is alive and the virus is contagious. Here's an interesting trivia question regarding coronavirus. How quickly does alcohol, ethanol, How quickly does it kill coronavirus? If you said 60 seconds, you are correct. Within one minute after using alcohol, the coronavirus is dead as a doornail. How it supposedly lives for 17 days after the occupants of the princess ship had evacuated their rooms is beyond reason and common sense. But as I said, you can still detect traces of a virus' presence, even though the virus is not actively alive, or contagious. Well, it looks like the coronavirus vaccine will be the first genetically engineered messenger RNA vaccine to be fast-tracked to licensure, just like Gardasil was the first genetically engineered virus-like particle vaccine to be fast-tracked to licensure. Now, what have we said about Gardasil? What is the side effect of Gardasil? It happens in both men and women. If you said sterility, you are correct. One of the side effects of the Gardasil vaccine is to make women infertile, and to make men sterile. There likely would be lots of questions about whether the fast-track coronavirus vaccine was studied long enough to adequately demonstrate safety, especially for people who have trouble resolving strong inflammatory responses in their bodies and may be at greater risk for vaccine reactions. However, there is no question about what will happen in the United States Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, they recommend that all Americans get the newly licensed coronavirus vaccine. Of course they do. The government has a national vaccine plan. It is a plan designed to make sure you, your child, everyone in America, gets every dose of every vaccine that government officials recommend now and in the future because obviously they know what's best for us. Well, right now, the British company Vivo, which conducted influenza research, is offering healthy volunteers approximately $4,500 in exchange for being infected with a mild coronavirus, both of which cause milder symptoms to COVID-19 and have been in circulation for quite some time. Infected volunteers will receive antiviral medications and undergo testing in the hopes of finding something that will assist researchers in developing a vaccine against COVID-19. Moderna, however, is using a technology to develop a vaccine that has never been approved by the U.S. Food and 
Drug Administration. Moderna is using synthetic messenger RNA to instruct DNA to produce the same kind of proteins COVID-19 uses to gain access into our cells. As reported by Stat News, the idea is one that once those dummy viruses, particles are there, our bodies will learn to recognize and clobber the real thing. Moderna is partnering with the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and started recruiting healthy volunteers on March the 3rd, 2020. In all, 45 men and non-pregnant women between the ages of 18 and 55 will be paid $1,100 to receive two injections of vaccine 28 days apart. The side effects at three different doses will be evaluated. Three clinical trials are taking place before there's any scientific evidence that the vaccine actually works as intended and doesn't cause severe side effects in animals. Considering COVID-19 infection is a high survival rate with 80% suffering asymptomatic or only mild illness, is it really wise to use this outbreak as a testing ground for experimental untested vaccine manufacturing methods? Well, that's something to think about. What they're not telling these volunteers is that they tested the vaccine on animals. Now, when they want to see if the vaccine is actually effective, then they sprayed the animals with the virus. Well, they ended up having bleeding problems and all of them died. I'm not sure that they told the human volunteers about what happened in the animal studies. Well, one of the things you need to be aware of is that the flu vaccination is one of those things that can increase your risk of coronavirus or COVID-19. A study in January 10th, 2020, in the Vaccine Journal, offers some food for thought here. As noted, the study was conducted by the Department of Defense during the 2017-2018 influenza season. Receiving influenza vaccination may increase the risk of other respiratory viruses, a phenomenon known as virus interference. Test-negative study designs are often utilized to calculate influenza vaccine effectiveness. The virus interference phenomenon goes against the basic assumption of the test negative vaccine effectiveness study that vaccination does not cause the risk of infection with other respiratory illnesses, thus potentially biasing vaccine effectiveness results in the positive direction. This study aimed to investigate virus interference by comparing respiratory virus status among Department of Defense personnel or military based on their influenza vaccination status. Furthermore, individual respiratory viruses and their association with influenza vaccine were examined. Those who received the seasonal flu shot were 36% more likely to contract coronavirus infection and 51% more likely to contract another type of infection than unvaccinated individuals. Well, I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You've been listening to The Royal Treatment. We're here every week to answer your health questions, and we'll be back next week for another episode of The Royal Treatment. Hopefully your time for us, with us, has been well spent, but Until next week, may you all be well.